What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and we are here with Season 1, Episode 22 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. Along with me in the digital studios are the usual partners in crime. We've got the Bay Area Terra, Dez. What's going on, bro? Not much. Just happy to be here, as usual. How are you doing, Kev? Uh, not bad. Not bad. I'm doing pretty good, actually. Uh, work for a change is actually going rather smoothly. I'm I'm actually surprised. <laughs> and along with us, we got the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. We got Trader Joe. What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Just... Uh... Styling and profiling on this Monday. Uh, did some usual rounds after work. Went to work. I had a week off, so it was like all casual today. And uh, you know, went to a couple Game Stops, a Best Buy, my usual, <laughs> usual daily uh, travels, of course. So. <laughs> and speaking of maximizing your gaming dollar, you maximized some trade, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got, I'm, I'm done with GameStop because of the uh, Redbox games I've been purchasing for $5 each that I moved over to Best Buy. And um, I don't usually like to talk about, you know, trading specific stuff but that's uh, top yeah. secret and, yeah we'll 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 honor we'll honor the uh no no the, it's okay no no that's seriously no, no, I, I think okay. we should we i think we should honor the the source the source material the site that contains this sort of source material even though it's a site that has designed denied me membership three times i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the bigger person and <laughs> and honor their their request but uh yeah. <laughs> You no, know, you could go yeah. on Cheap Ass Gamer to catch some resources, but you know, it's it's not like you can't look to see what stuff trades for. I mean, but Best Buy and GameStop have online trade uh, price uh, things where you'd be able to input the game and figure out how much the game is, and so that's it's all you need to do. You don't even need to check any websites. You just see a good gaming deal and see how much it's trading for it. Best Buy and GameStop, and kind of take it from there. So yeah, but you know, a lot of the real meat and potatoes is hidden behind the uh, membership wall on the forums, like the, uh, the the Google Doc and all that stuff that they kind of keep up to date. And you know, but you know, like like I said, I'll honor I'll honor their their request for the benefit of those that are members of that site. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Jerks. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, folks, we we're closing in on the end of the year. We're in October. We're in mid-October now, and it's really crazy to think how quickly this year has flown by. And we're also at that time where the floodgates of gaming have opened, and we're getting hit by title after title after title, week after week after week. And it's that time to start for folks. And, you know, unless you're independently wealthy and just are able to buy everything. Uh, and if you are, you know, kudos to you. Yeah, buy I'm me a game. To, yeah. <laughs> Hell. I'm trying to get on your level. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's time to start making some gaming decisions. You know, or not only that, just for just choosing from the titles that are available, you know, we, for those that celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or any of the uh, uh, 
the holidays that uh, pop in during the end of the year, you also have to include that in your budget, you know, aside from your regular bills. So we're kind of going to dis- uh, discuss the games that not discuss in depth, but discuss some of the games that are coming out this year, which ones we're going are must buys, which ones that we have put into the maybes and which ones we have put into if I see it on sale or I ain't buying it at all. <laughs> and we're going to go into a little bit about how we go about making that decision, that, that decision. Um, I know for me, I've got a couple of things that uh, I've always done uh, towards the end of, towards the end of every year when we have a lot of titles to choose from. But uh, I'll go ahead and open up the floor. We've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two. We got a bunch of games. I'm not going to count them all. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to throw the, throw this question out to you guys. Um, we all follow the industry, uh, so most of these games, uh, there were a couple. There are a couple that kind of took me by surprise. I had meaning I had to look them up or ask questions just to see what they were, but. What's your practice in uh, separating the wheat from the chaff when we come to the fourth quarter for the gaming decisions? Well, we'll throw, let me throw this out to you, Des. What, what's your, I mean, obviously money, you know, as it is with all of us, but what goes into your, your decision-making process with that? Um, I read a lot and I watch a lot of, um, you know, Let's Plays and videos. And I, you know, I, so I... I'm always trying to see what is coming in, what might be interesting to me and stuff like that. Um, or like, again, we follow the industry like you were saying, Kevin. And then when someone says, you know, oh, this game's coming out by this developer, this is really cool. Or, or or maybe you should try this or, 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 you know, the next game in a franchise is coming in and then you're just kind of like, Hey, you know, what, what should I buy? So, and we know that we're getting ready to be approaching the the big season for for all of these uh, game de- you know game developers, and so they're going to be pushing a lot of different games out there. So, so most of the time, I just you know kind of see what 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 the marketing is saying. Um, having said that, though, I try I try really hard to see what they're what games they're not talking about because there's a lot of independent games or double A games that are coming out that can be just as good. You know, I think in this age of you know 4K televisions and you know you know super resolution and like you know lifelike graphics, I think I think a lot of people are becoming graphic whores, and it's like you know, and 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 sometimes a game you know looks stunning, but it has no substance and so and i think sometimes the games you know that are being made by other people who are not triple a games might just be you know better uh, a better experience you know yeah sometimes the um maybe the combat is, is not as crispy as as some other as some other you know triple a games or 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 maybe the textures might not be as as jaw-dropping but if the experience is good and i am and, and i'm having a good time um, then I think that for me outweighs a lot of those other, um, well, those other uh, bells and whistles. So, so as far as what games are you know coming out, what I like, I, I, yeah, I, I follow. You know, I, I like to see where those trends are, um, and then I kind of try to make my own 
uh, trajectory of games that I'm that, that I'm going to that I'm going to buy. I know that after being on this you know podcast for 22 episodes, my my tastes haven't really changed so much as as I'm more willing to to try uh, new and different games is what I'm finding out you know just doing research for the things that we talk about and then talking to you and and joe um and mostly joe's is really you know the one he's very much you know because he lives and breathes you know games so he's you know hey have you heard of this game coming out or or hey that 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 you know that game that 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 studio you liked is is giving is getting ready to is getting ready to release a game have you heard of it or or do you think you know you might be interested in this or stuff like that so joe's always always in the know with the information so he's definitely you know letting me know what's going on so i'm like hey you know thanks joe so uh but that's usually how i you know look for games to buy um especially when there's so many coming out so many games i mean the, the games on our list are a lot of them are from you know the bigger studios we have a couple that are from the smaller studios but i mean we can't even imagine how many smaller indie games are they're coming out that just just you know it is a great time to be a gamer you know because access is so much available and i think a lot of people a lot of consumers you know if it doesn't have a triple a thing behind it or it doesn't have this behind it i i think they're, they're not willing to to take a chance on it and i think that's i think that's bad you know, uh, in the overall, you know, uh, scheme of things, because, you know, I'm a I'm a gamer first. You know, <laughs> I, I, I want to experience, you know, what the developers are trying to do. Um, so, uh, Joe, what about you? How do you you know, I know you I know your process is probably a lot more in depth, you know, <laughs> than, than, than either minor or, or Kevin's because you spend a lot of time uh reading gay magazines and and just being on the forums and and just looking at at various different stuff so you know what what is it for you how how does how does that you know how is yours different than mine or the same or different kevin's are the same oh i would say i take a lot of things in consideration one um if i have a game in the series that i haven't played yet I'm not going to be like chomping at the bit to buy the latest rendition of the series. And especially if it's a, like a yearly series, like uh, call of duty or, you know, granted need for speed or uh, some of the more mass marketed games uh, that, you know, it's not the immediacy of me is like, Oh my God, this is new and fresh. I want to play it so bad. It's kind of where, um, I don't take that. I, I, kind of know that I'm going to have the opportunity later to purchase the game at a later point. I'm probably at a more um, agreeable price than having having to pay uh, the 60 bucks right then and there. It just depends on their site. So I also keep in mind too, you know, the possibility of the rarity of the game, especially if it's from a smaller publisher. Or I also look at too about the, you know, pre-order like DLC costumes and stuff like, especially with a collector's edition, like with an art book or something of that nature where, you know, I know that uh, pretty much uh, my opportunity to get the uh, collector's edition is probably going to come and go uh, with the release date too as well so that's all kind of um in the minutia of me trying to figure out what i'm going to buy now what i'm going to buy later what i'm not going to even bother with on that so so that's kind of 
my roadmap. And then you have to factor in also too, you know, you know, bang for the buck, you know, whether at the beginning buying it on release day, you know, whether you get your Amazon prime discount, the 20% off, of course, Best Buy always has their gamer gamers club unlock 20% discount, you know, irregardless of release date or if you're buying it later, but sometimes, you know, especially with the more niche titles, on that, uh, it's kind of a one and done situation because once Best Buy sells out, that's pretty much done as far as discounts. So that all is kind of in my roadmap of what the pre-order ahead of time, what to wait to buy, you know, afterwards on a sale or buy use. And so that all kind of plays an effect for me on that. So and also, you know, depending on, you know, trades I might have been making or that kind of thing, availability of uh, of uh, trade credit, that also kind of, you know, because to me, more money out of the pocket is a lot more of substantial cost to me than, you know, if I'm going to, uh, you know, for instance, you know, trade in like three or four Redbox games and make a good profit off that and consider it like a... Uh, um, getting a $60 game for like 20 bucks in my overall over under my cost and that kind of thing. So, so. Okay. Well, mine is a whole lot more simple than either one, either one of you. Uh, I am, I am a self-described gaming Neanderthal. And what I mean by that is, my tastes in games really haven't changed that much, you know, when from in television and ColecoVision all the way to, you know, Switch and PlayStation, it's the same games that I liked back then are the same type of games that I like now. So you give me a good beat 'em up, you give me a good action game, um, you give me a good um, action RPG. And I'm there. So, a lot of the, a lot of the things like uh, you know the, the the process of thinking about and, and looking at uh, uh, like YouTube videos and uh, previews, gameplay previews. I do that when I hear about a game that's in a genre that okay, like let's say you know. Let's let's say Monster Hunter World. Let's take that as an example. Um, I like the general premise of Monster Hunter, of what you do. I have not been a fan of how it's been executed in the past, but I looked at the gameplay, I looked at the previews, looked at looked at all that, and I and I was able to, I'm able to make okay, that checks off all of my gaming requirements so to speak and those gaming requirements they really have not changed i i'm a mechanics first guy story is is important in a game uh presentation is important graphics and frame rate are important variables as well but for me the key element are mechanics Do, does this game look like it's going to play fun. And if it does, and I've been digging the same genres since, you know, day one, I f I'm able to make a better purchasing de decision for myself at this, you know, come this time of the year. Um, 
and like like you were saying like you were saying Desmond you know uh, a lot of like some of the smaller uh, publishers I won't say indie because while I love indies the indie the indie field is so vast you know I'm not going to hear about it until I just happen to see something that you know comes across some feed that you know that I'm that I'm looking at this is hey if you're interested in this type of 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 gameplay, uh, you might want to take a look at this. I I think that's why events like PlayStation Experience for me is so important because I'm able to see a lot of those smaller games that I probably would not have ever discovered just in my own little small little sphere of of, of social media, which you know, is basically Twitter and a, and a, and a handful of, <laughs> and a handful of, uh, 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 media outlets, let's say. Um, but for me, it, it's gotta, it, 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 those mechanics have gotten to come first, come first and foremost, come first and foremost. Now, uh, Joe, like you were talking about, talking about trades, um, you know, We'll go back to the to the great uh, trade of Palooza of uh, uh, what was that uh, video home vi- home video? Uh, we talk about um, not block block not blockbuster. blockbuster, but the other one uh, Hollywood video Hollywood video the Hollywood you know the trade of Palooza Hollywood video trade of Palooza from what was that two thousand like twelve two thousand eight or nine whatever, yeah. whatever. it's a long time ago <laughs> that allows me to maybe take a take a risk that I probably would not have done otherwise. I know that year I was able to buy any game that just kind of caught my fancy uh, simply because the trade the the uh, the trade was so the trades were so good, not really expelling that much and be able to getting back in store credit, allowing me to pick up games I otherwise would not have been able to afford. So when I've got a uh, a cushion of trade credit to uh, to kind of soften the blow, I feel more. Um, Adventurous. Uh, adventure. That's a good word. Adventurous when it comes to titles that don't hit that those core elements uh, it, that I have typically just just gone out gone out for. You know, I'm able. I feel more comfortable jumping into a title that may not have the gameplay elements that typically attract me, but it may have other things about it that uh, that do. Um, you know some of those games that you mentioned, Joe. Uh, the the mass market, the mass media, the EAs, the Activision titles, the annual, the annual things typically have not appealed to me. Um, I do have to say that I am curious about uh, Call of Duty World War II because I've never played a World War II Call of Duty game. My first experience with Call of Duty was the first Modern Warfare, so I missed all that other stuff. You know, so it looks like it could be a, an interesting story, um, and I'm curious to see how that turns out. Oh. But for the annual stuff, like the sports and everything else, yeah, I'll pass on that because I'm not I'm not really interested in it. But that's kind of sort of how what 
I do. You know, I, I look, I know what genres I dig. I'll look up some gameplay if it's available. Okay, I know, okay, check, check. It looks like it's going to be fun, check. Then it goes into my, then it, then I start putting it in in its in in its column the must the day one sees the day one confirms the I'll catch it on Black Friday the uh, I'll or or the I'll catch it when it goes on sale either at the later on in the year or the, or the beginning of next year and the I ain't touching it with a ten foot pole <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of sort of how I uh, uh, disseminate the the rush of information when it comes to these uh, these games that that hit us at the end of the year. Um, we have the the list up in front of us, so I'm going to pose this question to you guys, and we're not going. I don't I don't think we necessarily have to go and discuss each title individually but no. what are the title like like let's 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 take four or, or or even five if you can come up with that many on the list that's coming out by the end of the year what five games have you interested and under what category do you put them in from the day one from the d1c all the way down to the you know i'll catch it on i'll catch it on sale when it's dirt cheap I'll start with, let's start with Kevin. I mean, Kevin, why okay. you start? Yeah, once you start. So I think the five games that I'm going to be looking at this uh, holiday season, this Christmas season, end of the year season, um, number one on the list is going to be Assassin's Creed or Origins. I almost said oranges. <laughs> you know what? Yes, I, <laughs> because words are hard. I was about to uh, say Assassin's Greed. You know, because I was like, I heard, I heard a couple of podcasters saying that, and I was like, damn, y'all are just aggressive with your, <laughs> with your thoughts about EA or uh, yeah. you, you, uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Yeah. I was like, damn. It's like, all right. Well. Yeah, um, I like the reboot that they've done with the series. Um, I appreciate that it's it. The backstory is in Egypt, and they didn't gods of Egypt it. There's a little bit of melanin in the game, and I can appreciate that. So, just almost on 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 as principle, I almost have to buy. It. <laughs> I have to support my people. Um, as that's that's kind of a joke, but uh, the gameplay does look cool. Um, the idea of seeing how all this stuff started is pretty enticing. So that's number five. Number four is the new Colossus, Wolfenstein 2. Um, and the reason it's there is because I enjoyed uh, the New Order and the Old Blood so much. I'm actually still playing through the New Order. Uh, number f uh, three uh, is a game that I've already picked up is uh, Shadow, of, Shadow of War, the Battle for Middle-Earth. I'm actually enjoying that game right now. Um, that game, I honestly was not going to pick up right away. I just happened to be able to get it for 20 bucks. So <laughs> uh, it was just kind of one of those. It, it was either going to be it or Ease 8. And I was just kind of bouncing back and forth. And I just said, you know what? I kind of want to lop off some Orc heads. So there you go. Uh, I kind of went on ahead with uh, Shadow of War. Um, number two, and these are not these are not in, in necessarily in any order. 
uh, is going to be Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, the ship combat looks really enticing. The I'm you know whether or not, and I know there's a whole with some of these games I know there's issues with the loot boxes loot you know okay whatever I'm not going to be spending any extra money for any of this other stuff on any of these games so it it's not really affecting me personally I get the the stance that people have on it but yes sir you know after seeing those ships I I, I and seeing some of the sh- we'll be able to. Exp- be able to play as some of, using some of those ships that have only had minor roles in the actual movies. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. And um, number one, I'm just I'm going to say uh, Mario Odyssey, just because you know I'm I've always been a Mario fan. I wouldn't call myself a super fan, but they are taking this the Mario franchise to uh, at places that have never been that's never been before. You know the the new Donk City that looks like a realistic interpretation of a large city, and you have this, you know, obviously cartoonish Mario running around and interacting with the world with this uh, this magical hat. This magical hat. Um, I'm really excited to play that. So, though that's the five that I'm getting. Um, so I'm gonna throw this back to you, Des. What are your five? So my five right now, and this definitely may change, you know, because you never know how these games are going to really kind of sound, you know, because we we get all hyped for it. That's what, you know, marketing does. So right now, you know, those games would have to be, uh, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this one, but one of the games is, is Elix. I, for some reason, I'm thinking, okay, you know, this game might be, might be pretty fun. Um, I've played a couple of Piranha Byte games before and it wasn't that bad, you know, so I'm kind of like, let's do this. So that's one of them. Why don't you explain to the listeners what Elix actually is? Uh, well, if they haven't heard of it. Well, Elix is just a, it's a, it's a game by Piranha Bytes, the guys who did, um, uh, Gothic 2 and Risen, the Risen. And I played Risen, uh, 1, 2, and 3, and... Uh, it has this thing called I, I this lovingly referred to as Euro jank is the type of um, the combat because people say the combat isn't really all that. And I feel really bad, you know, because it's, you know, it's small studio, you know, who who does it? I mean, who who makes it? You know, a small studio of like less than thirty people, and it's a it's a European uh, studio. So part of me is like, you know, okay, you know, um, they're trying to do something, you know, interesting of this world. It's a sci-fi, fantasy, futuristic, you know, kind of a mash of everything with like jetpacks and magic, and so the world is very dense but it's a it's a piranha bites game so there's there's factions of people and the meteor hit the planet it's not earth it's another planet and 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 so people are addicted to this stuff called elix which which was a material that came out of the comet and also our stuff so anyway um and you're one of these guys who's no longer you know a quote-unquote addict and you run around and you have to you know find out what's going on you know your people basically turned on you you're one of the bad guys the main baddies protagonists and like you know, you're you're gotta find out what happened. You know, it's pretty much it. But 
what I what I really like about the game is, is is like I'm a hardcore RPG fan. Like I love RPGs. I love the story. I love the I love character creation. I love all that stuff. Unfortunately, in this one, there's no character creation, which is fine. Um, but in this game, supposedly your choices matter. Like if if you have a quest giver and they give you a quest, and then and then that that quest giver dies or you kill that quest giver, the story itself will change to allow you to complete that mission in another way so you can turn on people people will you know will remember you know if you if you you know fucked them over or or whatever so that it has this dynamic kind of storytelling that has intrigued me and i'm like okay you know uh let's see how this how this goes you know you can be a magic user you can be uh you know a hardcore you know terminator type character with like big guns um but one of the things that people were saying, and a lot of the reviewers was, was the graphics are are, are left a little bit lacking. So, who knows? Um, I'm gonna buy it. It comes out um, tomorrow. If you're listening to this later, it was you know October October 17th. So that's when it comes out. So, but I, I don't know. Like I want to take a chance on it. I want to see what's going on, and and I want to see how this plays out. Um, I'm, I'm worried the combat might not be that fulfilling because it's, you know, it's not very, it, it might not be very as fluid as some people are used to in, in their AAA games, but this is not a AAA game. Um, this is by a much smaller developer, and so you just have to kind of, you know, take it like that. And if you can deal with that, great, experience the story. If you can't, you know, pass it up, you know. But for me, I'm definitely going to try it. So that's Elix. Um, another game that I'm that I'm really thinking about uh, picking up would be uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, the next one. Uh, I know that I completely missed the boat on the last one because I didn't have a Wii U. Um, so and I know Joe was really, really, you know, going on about that game. And I think it'd be really something cool to play on the Switch. So I will definitely be playing that game. Uh, another game is definitely Super Mario Odyssey. I mean, come on, who can't be excited for Super Mario Odyssey? It's like, I mean, Zelda is great, but I bought my Switch for for Super Mario Odyssey. That's why I bought my Switch. I own Zelda, um, but I will be playing it for um, Super Mario Odyssey. That game uh, looks so good, and and I love Mario so uh the another game that i'm thinking about like i'm not really into the into like the war games or the shooter games so i might not be picking that up although i am curious about wolfenstein 2 um it is a it is a first person you know uh point of view or pov you know rpg and it's supposed to be like double the size of wolfenstein the new uh the new order so I'm really thinking about picking that game up too and playing it through and actually playing Wolfenstein one. I got it on a, I think they had it for free at a PS four. If you're a PS four member, um, PS plus member, you got it for free. So thinking about, um, loading it up and playing through the first one, you know, that way I have a little bit more, see what's going on in this one. So who knows? Um, I might be picking that one up. And then the last game, uh, which is another game that I'm picking up tomorrow is South Park, the fractured butthole. Um, I'm sorry. I loved the first one. The the stick of truth was great. 
and I played that game all the way to the end and beat it, and it was great. Everything, it's just this raunchy humor. It's definitely, if you like South Park, pick it up. I've been watching a couple of Let's Plays for the game, and it just, it looks like they they took all the stuff that made the first one, The Stick of Truth, good. It's like they, they turned that up to 11. Uh, so it is definitely not for the faint of heart. You know, it is, it is, it is earning its mature rating. So, um, I don't know if you guys want to check them out, you should. And then as a real quick, you're going to be a black character. So this is, yeah, definitely. I always, (laughs) I always play black characters in my, in my role playing games. I always play a black character, you know, but, but, but you know what they're doing with regard to the the ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But but here's the thing about it though. It, it's, it's, it makes it more difficult and how people respond to you and talk to you. It does not, it doesn't make the game harder via combat. That's the thing people have to understand. It just makes your interaction with people harder because you're black, you know? So I'm curious to see exactly what that entails, you know? And it was funny. I was watching this guy, um, uh, let me give a little shout out to JB Let's Plays. He was doing one uh, on on YouTube, and I was watching it. And he was he was streaming a copy of it. And he's like this, you know, white guy, ginger haired, you know, you know, just white guy. And it was hilarious because he's sitting there talking to the people, and he's making his character. And he's like, I play I play these characters on the on the most difficulty on the most difficulty. Like I want I, I want to play it. And people are saying that if you play a black guy, it, it changes the difficulty, you know, and it makes it harder. So I don't know. Like, do I play a black guy? Do I not? And so so he made this like a character looks like him, which is a redheaded white guy. And he's like, but well, I want the most difficulty. So and you can see it in his face. He was like, and, and again, this is just my interpretation of it. It was just very much like okay, you know, am I really going to play as a black character, you know, with red hair? And he's like, at the end, he was just like, you know, it doesn't really matter, but I want to play it. I want to see it as difficult as possible. And so he and so he basically made a black character with red hair. And I was just like, okay. And so he's playing through it. And then he when he goes into the um, he goes into the, the, the settings and in the settings, you can make the actual difficulty harder to the settings so it doesn't matter about race and so afterwards he was like oh i guess it didn't really matter if i was as well as a black kid oh well then he just continued playing and i've thought to myself was he gonna make a different one (laughs) was he gonna remake his character but but no like so i've kind of tempted to watch his let's play just to see you know if he changes it or not but yeah i always play black characters you know um because i'm a black guy so i always play black characters um and i don't think there's enough representation of black folks in 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 video games anyway but you know that's a whole another subject so uh or minorities in general so let's just you know we'll keep moving on as a as an honorable mention though of a game that i really want and i'm looking forward to it's etrian odyssey 5 uh I've loved the series for a very long time. I've played every game in the series, so I will definitely be picking that up as well. Um, I know I spoke spoke for a long time, but uh, Joe, what games are you looking for in this October, November, and December schedule of games that are releasing? Okay. I'm going to take my list a little bit differently because I actually have some games I already pre-ordered off of the list and said and done, basically. So I'll go over those first, and then I'm going to go. I'll then go over the ones I'm thinking about picking up later. Quick question. On that. Quick question. So, Why did you pre-order them? Because um, I have available credit, for one, okay. and right. that the, the particular game titles – 
pretty much have some sort of either attraction as far as any pre-order stuff like art books, you know, as far as uh, being able to get the limited edition package or the day one package mm-hmm. on that. So, yeah. And I, so I was just wondering because, um, you know, uh, would, would you, we could definitely make a whole nother game about and a whole nother um a show about to pre-order or not to pre-order so i always wonder you know why you know we pre-order but that could be a whole nother a whole nother one if if we want but yeah the thing about it is to pre-ordering you know it's not like it was before it's not to the point that you know that you lose the fact of you being able to pick up a game day one if you don't pre-order it and uh, how it was you know maybe 10 15 years ago sometimes on especially hot title yeah. like you know we go back to the nes and super nes and even the nintendo 64 days where you know you're calling for months waiting for that cartridge to get repressed yeah. and for the shipment to come back to the u.s from japan you know like the uh lauded like super mario brothers 2 and 3 for nes like double dragon trying to go and grab those from like you know whatever retailer because the game was hot like it was hot hot off the presses that kind of thing so uh that's where kind of the pre-order culture and in my opinion kind of started uh with uh you know companies like you know software etc babbages uh in certain sections of the country where you're able to go in and you know put five bucks down pre-order this is all pre-gamestop you know gamestop pretty much is the bastard conglomeration between software etc and funko land at the time so uh during the you know mid mid 90s on there they, they were separate companies along with eb games and all three of those uh retailers became gamestop you know they they transformed like the evil transformer that it was at the time you know so they merged and formed devastator <laughs> And back in the day, I mean, <laughs> Funkoland used to all be about the like the NES and Super NES cartridge cleaning kits. They try to get you to buy those cartridge cartridge cleaning kits along with your like purchase and trying to force that onto you and stuff. And so, but uh, uh, you know, sometimes back in the day, especially with the uh, Funkoland man um, being going in there, especially after NES died and Super NES died, going and buying cartridges for little to no money. You know, walking out there with a bunch of games you know it's just like uh, good times but way back when but uh, the games i have uh, already pre-ordered and uh, this will include um number one fire emblem warriors for the switch on uh, now i'm a big fan of the muso type of genre and i am a big fan of the fire emblem series on there and the uh, collector's edition uh, that's available with this particular title is a pretty substantial it has a three disc soundtrack on there, a, a big uh, limited edition poster along with uh, like art cards of each character in the game, and it only retails for I believe seventy nine ninety nine, which is twenty bucks above the uh, standard retail price for the game. And so Nintendo kind of just laid it down the line with their collector's edition on that. So, so I, I am day one purchase confirmed because Nintendo can put together a good uh, collector's edition with substantial. Uh, benefits to it and not a lot of additional costs you know um like on the side you know usually with the activisions uh um 
a collector's edition, they often include stuff like, you know, uh, a backpack or, you know, like one of the Call of Duties had a, a mini refrigerator. And it's like, you know, as much as I, I care about a, a particular game title, I, I don't think I'm going to get as much uh, value um, looking at a mini refrigerator versus like <laughs> getting paging through like a, a hundred page art, uh, art book or taking a look at, you know, a three CD soundtrack, you know, to me, that's just like, it's just talking my language right there. It's, it's not just getting the game day one, it's celebrating the game coming out on day one. And so that's important. So uh, now I don't know if you guys have any feelings about collector's editions or if that's I, something that I used to, um, I think what soured me on them and it's, it was probably Ninja Gaiden three. I bought oh, no. the collector's edition of that, and that game was just so was so bad. <laughs> the I still have the statue; it's in it's in my garage right now. But I think that game just soured me on collectors because the it, it, it just the game was just lousy, and it just inadvertently affected. It, my collection, my the 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 special edition urge to to get all that stuff. Um, well, how much more from the know. standard retail value was the game when you bought it? I mean, I know it came with a big statue of Rio Hayabusa, right? Yeah, I did, and I honestly don't remember. Um, I think, I, yeah, I don't recall. I think it's I it was it. around a hundred and fifty or two hundred bucks. I think it was quite substantial. Between That's a lot, <laughs> yeah, I didn't pay that much for it. Oh, you don't? No, I didn't pay that much for it. I that I can tell you because there's no way I'm paying two hundred dollars for a game, mm-hmm. uh, unless you know, unless it comes with gold bullion or something. But uh, uh, I, I just did I that didn't... with Destiny too. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, for a console. But <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I, I just think my experience with that title just soured everything related to it and that has just spread to other games that was the last special edition that i i've ever picked up now i've now what has happened is since then i've i get hooked up with special editions you know that really aren't that big like um uh persona 5 the persona 5 that i got they hooked me up with like a um a cd was it a cd it, it, it's like a seat, uh, uh, a soundtrack on it or something. Yeah, it's a, a sampler CD. I think it's yeah. like the Steelbook, I believe, right? Yeah. You get this, yeah. Get the Steelbook edition. So, yeah, Sega Atlas, they come in with the day one stuff and where, you know, obviously you could still probably find it within the first couple of weeks after the game comes out. But when that second pressing comes out with the regular CD case or regular game case, uh, that uh, availability of the Steelbook and the additional add-ons and doodads kind of go away now whether that's important to you or not it just depends as far as how passionate you might be about the game or that kind of thing i know you kind of looked at your persona 5 it's just okay i i wanted the game here regardless but then i got this this and this for the same retail price yeah as if so i was that, gonna buy that's it that's kind of yeah. how i am about that yeah but uh, but yeah and and with uh this other game that I just took back, it, it, it what was it? Uh, uh, gosh, my brain is not working today. It is the um, uh, it's a, a JRPG that typically 
is turn-based, but they made it action, and it's did not get a whole lot of uh, critical critical acclaim. Fans of the series were saying, "No, this is bad." Um, Vanguard something. Um, anyway, that game came with like a, a badge, like a physical metal badge. It came with a, um, a soundtrack of the game. And it came with something else. And I, oh, I just... That was a Sega. You're thinking of Valkyria Revolution. Valkyria, yeah. Yeah, Valkyria. Yeah, yeah Revolution. Yeah. Revolution, yeah. And it came with a whole bunch of extra stuff. Um, I packed it all up and sent it back because it, the, the game was just not good. But, Damn, so you're yeah. like, nope, take it back. <laughs> Uh, I got some of those doodads hanging around this this like office here real quick, <laughs> but you know, it's sometimes it's good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, that's what uh, some um, publishers kind of incentivize uh, the day one purchase. They are not caring as far as day one DLC or something like that, or you know, be able to do that. But they're gonna put all the fancy doodads and make a you know the package at least alluring enough to where people that like to buy physical, like myself, you know, will have to say, okay, no, I'm a, damn, I gotta get that. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you know me if I, if I was on the fence. Maybe I'm not on the fence, you know, kind of thing. So, well, for me, it was just it comes down to like, what is it offering? Like, I'm a sucker for an art book, though. Um, um, I bought a whole bunch of, you know, uh, 3DS stuff that has just been really cool. Uh, but again, our 3DS, um, uh, 3DS pre-orders that gave a whole bunch of really cool stuff and i was like okay this is really nice you know but but for the most part it just i don't i, don't, I never know if there's any if there's any value in it you know but but i guess yeah. you make your own value of what you want so it just it just depends you know especially if it's just like a you know like a smaller page art book like a 20 page art book that's the size of the game case especially on a 3ds i'm like mm, nah you know that's not going to incentivize me you know unless i was going to pick up the game already on there but you know like i said nintendo kind of brings the goodness on some things like the xenoblade chronicles 2 collector's edition is a hundred bucks but if you're able to get it from like say uh, best buy or uh, amazon you're able to get it for you know obviously 20 percent less which would bring it down to 80 bucks on there and uh, the substantial thing about the collector's edition for uh xenoblade chronicles is two at least it comes with a steelbook which i don't know if you really care or not about it but it also comes with a 200 page art book as well so see that stuff lot, is cool you know for to know, me it's anyway super cool yeah it just it made it to where you know 200 page art book i mean that is substantial it's not like a rinky dinky 20 page like you know just random you know, press release kind of art book is something that's a lot more in depth on there. And to me, you know, a hundred bucks, steel book, uh, 200 page art book, uh, uh, sound sampling CD, which I'm not a big fan of, but you know, I like to get the full, if I'm going to get a soundtrack, I'd rather get the full soundtrack than a uh, sample or disc. But you know, the main attraction on that one is the 200 page art book. So, you know, to me, it's like, okay, day one confirm. And you know, even if I'm not going to play the game immediately, I know that at least I'm excited for this game. Um, I have the art book. I have all the reference material if I need to, you know, that kind of thing. So, so that's another game, like I said, is on my list is seeing the Blake Chronicles two for that reason. So on that, um, also on my pre-order list, uh, super Mario Odyssey, 
Uh, it's kind of a given. In fact, I'm very excited. It's coming out you know, pretty soon on the 29th, I think, or it's, it's coming out like two Fridays from now on this tw- at the end of the month. So, and so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I mean, a mainline Super Mario game is always a chance. Day one, I'm going to be playing it day one on there on that. So. Another game on my list uh, that I've already pre-ordered is uh, Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus on there. And I don't know if you guys know what this is, but basically it's a a Nihon Falcom game. Um, It's a game coming out from Axis Games. So um, usually their games are very underprinted, meaning that you're you're not able to find a copy of the game if you don't pre-order right away. It's like GameStop will maybe get one or two of the game physically at most they're only available Damn. for the people that actually pre-order and uh the collector's edition comes with uh, quite a few interesting doodads and that includes a, a statue and an art book as well and if you haven't heard about the game the game is kind of uh falcom's kind of homage almost to uh um persona it's uh, about a uh, group of high schoolers with uh some social sim components just like persona and a typical RPG, uh, action RPG. So this game might actually be up your alley, Kevin. So mm. and it came, when does it came come out? out? Comes out in December. Yeah, it's, December. Uh, we have a news article fact uh, going over the, the upcoming release date of it. But uh, the game came out for uh, Vita this summer on there, and then they're releasing an enhanced version for PS4 um, in December, and then the PC version is going to come out in 2018 as well. So. So that's another game on my my must-buy list on there. So, And other games I have pre-ordered, I hate to be a big old laundry list here. I know I'm supposed to just come with five, but I just want to let you guys know what I got going on. So, No, take your time. I'm always interested in seeing why you pre-order stuff because I know you do it a lot, and that's why I'm always kind of like, yeah. you know, what are you pre-ordering and why and this and that. So I'm always, I'm always curious to hear your process. So, yeah, yeah keep it coming. Okay, next game I have pre-ordered is a game called Outcast Second Contact. And I never played the first game in the series. This game is actually a game that came out back for the PC back in 1999. It was the first 3D open world action game it predated uh grand theft auto 3 by two years on it and there's been you know there was an unheralded classic it was a main named adventure game of the year back in 1999 <laughs> of all things it used voxels in a certain way to create the open world at the time and um it's a sci-fi game for one the plot uh, kind of followed a kind of you know, a sci-fi component. You're um, around the alien world of Alphadina, uh, Adelphia, excuse me. <laughs> and uh, the game initially comprised of third-person or first-person views on that. And initially, it just came out for PC. It just came from, from Microsoft Windows on there. And the game kind of was heralded at the time it came out, but kind of got forgotten. The team wanted to put a sequel in order, but never had a chance to put the game out on there. Uh, the company Infograms at the time owned the rights to the game, and so they kind of lost uh, the ability to be able to bring out the sequel. And the kind of the guys, the main guys that produced the game, directed the game, kind of moved on. It's a French game on there, but uh, they put out a Kickstarter, I believe, back in like 2012 to get a reboot of the game and to be able to remake the game. The Kickstarter didn't kind of launch off properly. It didn't make 
its goal. And so eventually uh, Big Ben Interactive uh, picked up the game and they've been working on redoing the game, uh, you know, basically in current modern style on this. It's uh, and they reformed back in 2015. They were going to reboot the franchise and Outcast Second Contact is going to come out for PC, uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And I'm just interested in it because of it having such a like a, um, a history as far as it being the first open world game. It has some sci-fi roots to it. And um, also that it only is retailing for 40 bucks. And to me, it's not uh, asking for me to, you know, put 60 bucks out there. You know, it's like, uh, especially if I'm using Gamer Club Unlocked or Amazon Prime, I'm getting it for 32 bucks and some change. And I'm actually interested in seeing as far as how they're going to remake the game, too. Uh, they're using Unity 5 to um, remake the game. And so... I'm curious to see, you know, 17 years later, if they're able to kind of still bring the, um, you know, open world style that it was back then on there, um, basically, and to see what they come about with on there with the combat and kind of just interested in in seeing how they kind of be able to remake this game and kind of go from there. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it or if you're even aware of this game or not, but... uh, Sometimes I like to, you know, try a game or, you know, and that's another thing talking about uh, pre-ordering a game or deciding to buy a game like you with uh, uh, Elix or is it uh, Alex? I always Either one is fine, I think. Elix, Elix. Okay. Yeah, I think it's called Elix, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going yeah. to like correct. Potato, tomato, tomato. You know, I'm like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So to me, the 40 buck um, asking price is a, an attractive thing. And I'm going to give it a shot because, I mean, it's something to me, um, I, I just want to check it out. So on there. And, and I, have, I haven't fully paid my pre-order yet, but I'm getting close to you know, it was a thing to where I was, I was thinking, why not? I think it's going to get lost in the shuffles being released in November. But I don't think this game, even if it was released even in the, in the middle of summer, would actually be something to where it's going to just wind up selling a million copies or anything like that. So, okay. And also on my pre-order list, um, I pre-ordered and paid in full dot hack. Uh, GU Last Recode, which is the HD remaster of the Hack GU games um, that came out for PlayStation 2 on there. Um, kind of, if you look at the series just like Sword Art Online or other anime inspired series, this is the first series back in the PlayStation 2 era that kind of mixed the whole anime. Um, and uh, you know, gaming and try to intersped the plot lines back and forth. The game in um, the plot line of the game is that you are actually in a online MMORPG on there and you're in there for real, meaning that you're able to jack into the system and to be able to go in. And, you know, when you die in the game, you die in real life. So, and so I played the games for PlayStation 2. Uh, they all came with anime DVDs along with that. And so I'm just really curious how they're going to relaunch it, remaster this thing and relaunch the series. Uh, the game that the hack GU games, dot hack GU games that came out for PS2 had uh, episodes one, two and three. And they're actually adding a fourth episode that kind of continues the uh, storyline from the original PlayStation 2 um, trilogy. So it's just something that I want to, you know, at the same time, you know, reward 
Bandai Namco with my hard-earned uh, gaming dollar and then let them know that I appreciate that they're bringing this out in the marketplace. You know, back, way back when, too, and this is kind of an aside, too, it used to be where you did not take games for granted. You did not take the fact that if a publisher decided to publish a uh, Japanese game of some sort of, uh, you know, middling or you know like you know almost like obscurities on there that you want to reward the publisher from day one by buying it outright irregardless of whether you know if you were mildly interested or really really wanted to play the game outright you know because i remember the days back in the 90s where you know we did not get every final fantasy that came out in japan we did not get every dragon quest that came out in japan and so it used to eat at me uh that there's these games that uh, i was not able to play unless i um spoke japanese and read japanese you know that i really wanted to dig my hands into you know i played all the dragon warrior games on the nes up to four and i really wanted dragon quest five like you, you couldn't even know how bad i wanted it and it never came out for the u.s Never did Dragon Quest VI either. I had to wait for the DS versions of those games to finally play those in English uh, years and years later on that. So that's some, sometimes, you know, we talk about the pre-order culture and to know why you pre-order a game. And sometimes it's for the simple fact that if <laughs> you want to let the publisher know, hey, I'm interested in bringing more games of this type out. You know, I don't know if that incentivized you, Kevin, back in the day to pre-order stuff like Guardian Heroes or uh, stuff like that way back in way back when. Um, I guess so, but I I didn't realize that. I guess I didn't. My whole thing was that it was a game that I wanted, so I pre-ordered it. I really wasn't thinking about, you know, even necessarily rewarding the publisher for for bringing the game out. <laughs> Maybe I just have a like I said, I'm a gaming Neanderthal. I, I my my decisions are fairly simple when it comes to this. Uh, I just they just made a game that I wanted to that I wanted to play and I wanted to buy it. Um, at, you know. A game like game, something like Guardian Heroes, something like uh, Burning Rangers, you know, those titles I wanted because I, I think uh, I can't remember if you had the Japanese version of Burning Rangers or not. Yeah, I had the Japanese version. Of Burning okay. Rangers. <laughs> yeah, and I knew that. You know, I I well, I, I found out uh, that it was coming out in the states, and I said, hey, I want to buy that game. Uh, that along with um, Gosh, I have so I had so many Saturn games that I wish I still had, but that's a whole other. <laughs> so, uh, somewhere in my mother's garage is my U.S. copy of Burning Rangers, uh, uh, Guardian Heroes, and Panzer Dragoon Saga, and I just need to find it. That air in a box somewhere. Those are the three that I didn't give away. Well, but, uh, <laughs> you you would gain like five to six hundred dollars at least. <laughs> Especially if they're mint in box, so yeah, they're in box. They they've been in a box for for for, for dang near a decade, so, over a decade. So. But uh, yeah, I for me, it's just it, it's all about okay. I hear about a game coming out. It looks fantastic. It it hits those those gamer points that I mentioned earlier, and I want to pick it up. Um, and I, I now. 
now it's I I've, I'll say that I've uh, uh, matured a little bit more, and I kind of sort of want to reward the the publisher, but for the most part, you give me a cool game, and I want to buy it. Yeah, that's that's true. That's very true. <laughs> things are a lot different nowadays. You know, it's, things pretty much come out here. I haven't bought an import game in a while, so yeah. I think the last one you bought was Uppers, and that's Uppers, I'm su- yeah. surprised that game hadn't come out in the U.S. So I mean, neither here or there. And then other games that I have pre-ordered: Call of Duty World War II. I'm interested, like you, Kevin. Uh, check that out. I played the beta quite a bit, multiplayer, uh, team deathmatch, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, initially, I did pre-order just to get a best um, GameStop uh, trade bonus at the time, but uh, I decided to keep it. You know, it's one of the tricks of the trade with trading in games. Sometimes it's like, okay, you get a fifty percent trade boost if you pre-order Call of Duty World War Two. It's like, oh, okay, man, you have my five bucks. Okay, and I'll trade in a bunch of games to get that fifty percent boost. <laughs> and then later on, you know, a couple of weeks later or a couple of months later, going, okay, I'd like to move my Call of Duty pre-order to something else. I changed my mind, so <laughs> so. <laughs> But, you know, we've all done that. We have all done that. That's how you you maximize your gaming dollar. I have never done that. I am a a good team. Just kidding. (laughs) I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the last game I have pre-ordered is Etrian Odyssey 5 because, like we talked about before, Sega Atlas throws in the pre-order bonuses, Deluxe, and this one does come with an art book and other doodads. And so... I'm interested in in checking out the game. The game actually was kind of in limbo for a while, and people were, like, harassing Atlas uh, for a substantial amount of time if the game actually was going to get released uh, for the 3DS, and it wasn't a given on there so it's it's good cool that they finally announced it they also have a couple other 3ds games coming out on there uh as well um i know what radiant historia and uh what's the other game oh it's a uh, shimigami tensai strange journey redux so on there so so you got to reward companies for uh uh you know taking the time to translate these games and so those are all the games i have pre-ordered as far as out of the list um i'm interested in assassin's creed origins uh, wolfenstein 2 um evil within 2 um middle earth shadow war but all of those games i have previous games in the series i haven't either completed or barely even played i mean i want to check out the syndicate for assassin's creed for sure i haven't played i played like uh, i think wolfenstein the new order like about for an hour or two and so a lot of my times i know these games are not in two years of time i'm going to be able to find them at every stinking retailer they're not going to be rare they're not going to be hard to find and so that's one way to minimize backlog because i've bought every game i was interested in <laughs> um that would be a substantial amount so also interested in Sonic Forces a bit too. I am a big platformer fan, and um, also kind of interested in Super Lucky's Tale as well. So that kind of compiles the remaining games coming out this year that I'm kind of interested in. So, um, of the list, is there are there any games on there that you uh, that if you had to you would pick up only if it's on on sale on a substantial discount? 
Like maybe I'm not going to pay full price. I'm not even going to maybe pay partial price. But if I catch <laughs> it on the, on the, on the, on the super down, super down low discount, then yeah, I'll, I'll snag it. Uh, for me, I don't know. Out of the games, uh, Wolfenstein Two. I you know probably that. Uh, Evil Within Two. You know, like the games I mentioned. These are big publisher games that, for whatever reason, I have not played the previous game in the series or barely have touched it. And so I'm not wanting to you know put my dollar out there. I'll wait to buy it at twenty bucks, thirty bucks, or if I'm ready to play it. You know, because it's not like you know I'm not going to be able to go to any GameStop two years from now and find any of these games. They're going to be plentiful. So I almost would, in a way, want to wait until I'm actually ready to go. Like, you know, if I finish uh, Shadows of Mordor and I'm ready to go and jump into Shadows of War at the time, and hopefully I'm still interested, you know, on it. You know, hopefully everything is is cool about it. Um, one thing, too, is there any games on the list that, you know, you're like, hail hey, to know, like, you know, you know, you're not going to buy no matter what. Uh, uh, there's, you know, Need for Speed. I'm never interested in EA's uh, foray into racing games. I think it's lukewarm at best on there i'm not a big fan of the series um i think they need to just <laughs> release a new burnout and hopefully get criterion yep. back in the mix get that thing out um star wars battlefront 2 i'm not a big star wars fan for one and i kind of played that beta a little bit i played it for like about 30 to 45 minutes and uh, uh i don't fall into all the trappings you know i was playing some droids from the uh, episode one, two, and three. I don't even know which of the prequels that came from. I was defending like a ship and fighting against stormtroopers. And I, you know, to me, it's like um, I maybe would have to play the game more, maybe do a red box on it or something to, you know, see if it's worth any value. But what I pay, played at the beta and seeing that the first thing that you boot up the game was loot boxes, loot boxes that you got to open. And I could care less what I was opening because there was no context to what I was gaining. You know, it's like uh, if I played Destiny 2 for the first time and, you know, got some like, you know, cool ass weapons or something from the outset. That's like I'm not I don't have any context of what these weapons are, or how powerful they are, or what I'm getting <laughs> the mix so on that so mm. uh for me the ones that i won't be the ones that i'm i'm curious about but i'll probably wait till they're on sale um i'll probably throw knights of azure 2 in there simply because and i i doubt that it would be a game that i'd ever find on sale but i played the first one and I think there was some I didn't I, did, I played like maybe the first two hours of it. I thought there were some in, intriguing uh, gameplay mechanics in there, but something it just wasn't tying together right. Uh, it, it just wasn't hitting it just wasn't hitting me like I thought it would. So I'm kind of curious about that one, but yeah, I'll probably have to wait. And I, I might actually uh, refer to some reviews on that one. Uh, yeah. I know the first game, you're able to still find it. It's not as rare as the te te Tecmo Koei game. It's uh, developed by Gust. And you can find the first game around 20 to 25 bucks used. And so I'm thinking later on, especially during a, you know, maybe a, uh, drought during the summer, you could probably pick that up at a later yeah. point. So, yeah, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. I do like my Muso, um, so I'm actually kind of curious about that one. 
I the only thing with that one is that I don't have any any you know like you were saying context with Fire Emblem. I I've never played the game. I mean that's never stopped me from playing a Muso before, but with the the licensed musos the ones that i've been uh, when i think about it the ones that i've liked the most that weren't dynasty warriors proper games were the ones that i was familiar with the ip you know the fist of the north star um even attack on titan um uh, uh sort of berserk those ga- those those games i'm i'm kind of i'm from not kind of sort of berserk i'm very familiar with I'm really familiar with those IPs and Fist of the North Star as well. That just added to the enjoyment of the game. So I'm kind of I'm kind of on the quite. I, I might check that one out. I'm also curious about Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I would like to have a really kind of in-depth, meaty RPG to play on the Switch. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that one will probably fit the bill, particularly with my questions about Ease 8 and kind of what it has to offer. I might just go ahead and get that one and run with that. Uh, ones I'm not, and I am curious about Sonic Forces too. <laughs> I've seen some gameplay on it, and it looks like it could be fun, you know? We'll, we'll, we'll see. It's done by the same team as Sonic Generations, and it re, it's retailing for forty bucks. And um, there's some, like says yet again, Sega Atlas has kind of gone above and beyond the Call of Duty. There's like some day one DLC costumes, including some Persona Five costumes for some of the furries in the game, along with like some Jet Set Radio and Super Monkey Ball uh, costumes as well. And to me, that that nostalgic Sega fan in me is just like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're throwing it out for 40 bucks, I think there's also a controller skin so you can make your PS4 or Xbox One controller into a Sonic Forces controller. So. Yeah. Um, and the last one I'll throw in there, um, I'll say Need for Speed Payback. And the only reason I say that is I, from people that played it at E3, they're saying that there's hints of burnout in it. I mean, uh, they say that about every need for speed that's come out for the past you know what four or five years um but there's something there's something kind of the more gameplay i see on it there's there's something there's something there there's something there is it worth 60 bucks probably not black friday but (laughs) no i guess black friday's probably would be the way to to do it i guess you know yeah if you're gonna do anything um so the ones that i'm not really interested call of duty in that spot too call of duty in that spot too yeah yeah that that but they don't go on sale on black friday though that's the problem oh it depends on how close they are to the release date and you know they're gonna throw it on 40 bucks or whatever yeah sometimes you're not gonna get it for a song and a dance unless you know they're severely discounting because of the fact that the game didn't do well or something so which is fine i'll take it i mean i'm i'm sometimes i'm more i'm more willing to to try a game if it's like you know completely you know um cheap as hell you know I mean, like, I think a lot of people are willing to do that if a game is super sell because there's some games, you know, Joe will be like, hey, it's, you know, this game is super cheap. What do you think? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, 
I had no interest, but you know, five dollars is five dollars, so or, yeah, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever. So, uh, but for my list, unless you're not done, Kev, you have any more? No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so for my I'm list, done. for my list, I mean, probably like I don't know, definitely not Forza. You know, Motorsport Seven, just not really, or Gran, Gran Turismo, or um, or Need for Speed. Like I've not really was, I've never was really into that. Those type of racing games. My racing games are mo- much more futuristic, like Wipeout, Red Coat, stuff like that. You know, those are the those are the ones that I'm that I'm gonna want to play. Um, and like the Dot Hack, you know, GU games. Never really got into them. Just, just I thought the just. Just, I thought the story was kind of weird, you know, just nothing. It just never really, you know, talked to me. Like, it never really talked to me, you know. So I was just like, nah, you know, I, I know they're probably good, you know, but that's just a JRPG, JRPG franchise. It just never really spoke to me. Um, another one would have to be The Evil Within 2. I'm not a horror game fan, so I will not be playing a horror game. Just something that I don't play. Like, it's the genre that I don't want to play, so... Um, I won't be playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, I am a huge Star Wars fan but I'm still holding out hope for an actual full-fledged um, Knights of the Old Republic type uh, Star Wars game in which we can actually get a really good RPG, Star Wars RPG that's what I'm holding out hope for um, but the, the, the Battlefront games just don't really speak to me um, so and then Fire Emblem Warriors only because um, I'm just so, I don't know, Musou games are kind of, I don't know, something about Musou games is just one of those, it, it, it's just weird to me. You know, you run around, you, you, you feel all powerful and godlike because you can take out like 50 people in one swing of your sword and that's cool, but it's never really like, I don't know, something, it, is, it, it always was one of those things that felt like, I'm just going to, you know, play this for a little while, blow off some steam and then go, you know, go do something else, so... So I don't know if I'm gonna pick it up. I'll probably play it at Joe's house though, because I know he'll get it. But I want to wait for your uh, Dynasty Warriors Nine, because once that'll open up with the open world aspects to it, yep. you know, maybe they'll add the uh, um, little spice in there, a little little savoir faire. That's yeah. what I'm excited for. You know, open world Dynasty Warriors game. What? I don't know. So I'm very, 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 very stoked for that. So, but those are the games that I probably won't be checking out. You know, or if I do, it'll be at Joe's house because he'll probably. He'll probably buy him for a minute, and then he'll flip him for something else. So I just, just got to catch him before he gets rid of it, you know? <laughs> so, any of you, guys, uh, any you guys interested in Dead Rising 4, Frank's big package for the PS4? Nope. Nope. Sorry. I played the first one. It was really no. good. Played the second one. Was hugely disappointed. Played the third one at your house, and I was like, eh. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know about that franchise. Just never. I just After the first one, just never. Sorry, after the second one, just never really... Even the second one wasn't that good. Just never really... Nah. Nope. I will not be, you know. Okay. That's a franchise I never could get into. Well, I mean, I I thought the first one was kind of fun, taking the pictures and helping people out, and and like you yeah, were trapped in the save ball. system was garbage. Yeah, that was the save system was shitty. So, um, but yeah, the first one though, the first one, I, I I don't know something about the first one. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but the other ones, no, just didn't like them. So, but those are mine. All righty then. So. And folks, feel free to let us know what you're looking forward to this uh, as as the year comes to an it comes to a a conclusion. 
you can hit us at you can hit us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, and we'll go over all that at the end of the show. But uh, we'd like to hear what your picks are for the end of the year. But speaking of games, let's talk about games that we're playing right now. And uh, Trader Joe, what have you been playing all for this past week? As if I can't guess. Uh, <laughs> Destiny Two. You know, I was I was intending on you know like our backlog episode. Oh, I'm gonna play Xenoblade, Chron- you know, Chronicles X. I gotta play this. I got open time. I'm gonna boot up my PC. Uh, all I played this past entire week, Destiny Two. Just it, it, Iron Banner came about, and that's all I was running all effing week. It was Iron Banner, so yeah, I was having a nice discussion, you know, with you guys. But I was talking to a PlayStation rep at GameStop today, and he was sitting there complaining, saying he's run this damn thing leftwards, backwards, forwards, and he is looking for like his helmet and his. Um, Greaves, which is the um, gauntlets uh, for his warlock. And I was saying, yep, I feel your pain. I'm trying to do the same damn thing on there. My Iron Banner ranking, I believe, as this uh, recording of this podcast is like 21. And it takes like 20 Iron Banner coins to reach a level. And so I have played plenty of Iron Banner this last week. crucible control basically and so i've ran it with both my titan and also with my warlock um i gotten the auto rifle and all the other guns i've wanted on there but um the armor pieces are still elusive unfortunately so i'll probably have to wait for iron baron to come back and give it a go to kind of complete my armor set unfortunately so that's just the way it goes like lord saladin unfortunately uh kept getting the same damn pulse rifle over and over and over and it's just enough to my chagrin but you know that's the uh rnc it's the uh, backbone and i've saw some of the even though destiny 2 is a lot more streamlined i've kind of seen <laughs> some flashes of the old destiny one coming through uh, with Iron Banner, and so you know, it's it's like that Stone song. You can't always get what you want, but you know, you're gonna get what you need in the end. So it's like you know, I enjoyed what I played, and some of the games, especially with listeners like what Surgeon Fire with uh, Gerald Ocon on there. You know, we were playing until the 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 wilds of the morning, and me and Kevin were up until I think two thirty or three o'clock Saturday yeah. uh, evening, Sunday morning, uh, just bashing this thing, and I'm up to a point where um, I was almost delirious, like, because I was so tired, but still (laughs) condescending enough to play Iron Banner that uh, by the time I kind of just waddled into bed and I left my phone in another room and, like, you know, left my pants on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Because by the time I got off, I was just literally, like, exhausted and ready to go to bed. And, you know, I got a great night's sleep. You know, it's like Iron Banner just wore me the hell out. So... (laughs) So that's been my my week in Destiny. So, all right, what you been playing, Des? I've been playing Dragon's Dogma. I have really enjoyed uh, the game. I've enjoyed it the first time I played it. I'm enjoying it now. Just a great game. Just a, just a great game. I have not been playing any um, any. I haven't played actually. I haven't played Destiny two in a week. So uh, yeah, I am. Sorry, everybody. I just been a little MIA for you guys. Like I, I hope you understand. I, I will be back. You know, it's just 
you know, again, like everyone knows within, you know, when you hear me, when you hear me, like I, I'm not really a PVP person. Um, I would love to be, but I just don't have the, the war with all or the, nor the drive to want to do that. So, um, and I didn't want to, you know, part of me was just like, I really wanted to play Dragon's Dogma. And number two, I just didn't want to, you know, take you guys away from it, you know, because you guys would be like, you know, oh, let's go do this. Well, you know, let's do that. Or, or, or having it feel like, you know, weird because I, I don't really want to play. So it kind of worked out great for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys got to play. I got to be in the chat room with you guys. We all hung out. It was great. So for me, I liked my, you know, my, my time away from destiny, but I will definitely be back. Um, a little bit later. Just not today. Not today. <laughs> just <laughs> not today. Uh, and, for, and that's one of the most underrated action RPGs ever. It's, it is so good that the action in that game is fantastic. You loved it. But is that all you've been playing, Dan? That's all I've been playing. Honestly, I haven't I haven't really wanted to play anything else. You know, I just haven't really again, haven't really wanted to play anything else except um, except uh, Dragon's Dogma, Dark Crimson. So I feel you. I yeah. feel you. Gonna get back to uh, Monster Hunter stories at some point. I uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm actually because you said that you were playing it, so it kind of worked out because I was hoping that you were taking the time <laughs> to, to build up your character. But never mind. <laughs> I'll play this week. How about that? I'll I'll, put, I'll get a whiteboard and put it on my whiteboard. That way, I incentivize me to play. <laughs> never, dude, do what you want. You know, it's it's all good. You know, if you want to play, you know, if you want to play it later or play, um, I know you're really big in Destiny right now. We can play Destiny. It's totally cool. You know, um, that actually could be a really cool conversation, you know, to have with people. It's like, you know, what about, you know, gaming with your friends? Like, what aspect of that do you really, really like? Because, you know, I've, I just wanted to play it with you, you know, because I, I want to battle you. Like, I, I really just want to battle you. Yeah, you want to whip my monsties? Is that wanna, what you want to do? I want to beat the crap out of your monsties. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever, dude. Uh, so, Kev, I, I, I think given given what Joe was saying, I can kind of guess what you know what, what you've been playing this week. Uh, but, uh, but, but let's let the viewers know. You know, what have you been playing? Listening well, listening. well, just like Joe, I was I was in the banner, the banner. And uh, suffering similar frustrations, not getting the armor set complete. I have the I have the chest and the helmet missing the boots and the gauntlets. Um, not really. I don't know. They say that level that well, it's all skill. I'm not all that con- I'm not all that convinced because you know not that I'm good at PVP but there are times when I was laying into a level 302 or power 302 guardian having the drop on them with a with like a, a scout rifle and they just turn around and just blast me with a with a machine gun and I'm dead there's something there's something shady going on i i I don't know it's like how many how many how many 
rounds to the to the dome does it take <laughs> to drop a three oh one guardian? I, I you know, I don't know. And my my level is I'm at two eighty, you know, two eighty one. I think I might be at two eighty two now. I'm not hundred percent sure. But yeah, I was up there till three o'clock in the morning, right along with Joe and shout out to Gerald to Gerald O'Conn for running that a little bit with us and uh Surgeon Fire for uh, playing with us for playing with us too. But yeah, I got the auto rifle, which is dope. I, I have to admit, I, I do like the auto rifle. It's right up there with the uh, the the scarab, scarab, scarab something that starts with an S. The other auto rifle that I use, and, you know, words are not coming to me. <laughs> Big surprise. But uh, the other game that I've been playing is Shadow War. And uh, through some trading of my own that I did, I was able to get that game for 20 bucks and it was either that or ease eight i'm kind of on the fence on ease eight now but uh so i decided to go ahead and opt for decapitating orcs and i'm not very far in the game i haven't done a, a siege or anything like that yet but the combat is very much like shadow of mordor which is very good in my opinion um i not really the 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 story doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the opening prologue some of the things and i'm not a a lord of the rings i've never read the books only saw about half of the first movie so all of this is out of context for me um some things happen in the and I'm not going to spoil anything, but that just that introduce the story of the game that don't really make a whole lot of sense. But at the end of the day, I just want to decapitate some orcs. So I've been doing some of that and it's fun. Um, I'm playing on the pro. And if you go into the uh, the options menu, you can adjust the uh, settings of the game uh, for to favor performance or favor resolution. Um, I'm playing on a 1080p plasma, uh, 600 re uh, hertz refresh rate. So I, I played on the the resolution side, and I played on the performance side. I really didn't notice a whole lot of difference in between the two. I will say that the resolution side. The colors did seem a little bit more crisper, but only slightly. I really didn't notice anything different uh, other than that. But again, I'm only playing at 1080p. So, but still, the game looks gorgeous. It it looks like it's a slight upgrade from Shadow of Mordor, and I don't mind that because I thought Mordor was a beautiful game, and I think Shadow of War is a beautiful game. Uh, we'll see about the the loot box, uh, the loot crate thing that's going on with that title. But, um, you know, as long as it doesn't uh, hinder hinder the enjoyment of the, the game proper, I'm, I'm not really worried about the loot crate stuff. So, but that's what I've been playing this week. So with that, folks, we have some feedback and we're calling this section now the vessel line and uh we got some feedback from our good friend alberco and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and read this one since i'm already blabbing and alberco writes 
Lately, I've been hearing some rumors for PlayStation 5 and other new next-generation consoles. In your opinion, is it too soon to even start hearing about rumors, or is this about the right time to start hearing rumors? And what and what year should we expect the new the I can't read. <laughs> what year should we expect the new next generation system? Also, what do you expect from the next generation consoles? When they do make the PlayStation 5, I definitely would like it to be backwards compatible with the PS4 and PlayStation Vita. I'm sure Sony has a bunch of PS Vita and PS Vita TV hardware laying around so that Sony can just throw it into the PS5. Love to hear your thoughts on the love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. And again, that was from our good friend Alberto. Thanks again for the feedback, my friend. So uh, Des, let's toss this out to you. What what are your comments on this? I really have no comments on that, actually. I mean, with the extended lifespan, well, I guess I do. So we were going to say something, but uh, <laughs> given the uh, given the extensive, you know, um, push for incremental increases into the into the um, the PS4 and the like the PS4 Pro, the PS4 Pro to the PS4 P, yeah PS4 Pro, and then from the Xbox One S to the Xbox One X, it seems like. Um, they're just doing these incremental um um these incremental improvements because you know i don't know why they're doing it but it, it, having an actual ps5 or, or an xbox 2 or xbox Superbox, i don't know you know what they're gonna call it but, but it just seems like it pushes that that um it pushes that need for a new, you know, revolutionary system. Um, it, 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 it kind of pushes it back. Um, or if this is how the new branding of the, of the console wars is going to be, like, I don't know. Uh, it seems like sometimes Nintendo, because they still do it that way, like we had the Switch, we had, well, sorry, we had the, we had the, you know, the Wii, then the Wii U, and then the Switch, although those seemed like the Wii U was just an upgrade of the Wii, and then we finally got the Switch, so are we going to get like a Switch 2 or a, uh, or, or a Switch on or something? I don't know, you know, but, <laughs> but the whole thing about like, you know, I don't know, for, for me, part of me thinks that sometimes these, these the, the, the console wars might become a thing of the past, you know, and we might just be having these little incremental changes, you know, to these, you know, to these consoles. It could be just like PS, you know, Ultra Pro or, you know, PS or um, Xbox, you know, One X squared. I don't know, you know, who knows? Again, I I make these puns, but I have no idea, you know, what's what's really going to happen, though I do believe that um, we won't be seeing it for a while because it just, they have no reason to do it, in my opinion. They really don't, especially uh, uh xbox they they just sunk a whole bunch of money into the into the one x why would they want to throw out a whole new machine now you know it just doesn't make sense to me anyway uh what about you joe i know you're much more into the much more into the news type things and and you know i, I know you probably don't want it because then that, that's a whole bunch of games you got to trade in to buy that on credit so uh 
Um, I don't think I would ditch my prior gen games to get the uh, next generation console. I mean, I still have my PS3 long and strong, but uh, it's like it's been a while since I fired that bad boy up. So it's like uh, um, my opinion, though, um, and Mark Sony was stated when they unveiled the PlayStation 4 Pro that uh, that even though this is an incremental release of the PlayStation 4, that they still are intending on releasing uh, the next PlayStation, PlayStation 5 or whatever they're going to call it at a later point on there. That the, even though they are committing to incremental consoles this generation, uh, that I don't think they're going to release another PlayStation 4 Pro Plus or something like that. They're going to come out with a PlayStation 5 proper. And now as far as when... We should see this. I think at the earliest, it probably will get announced sometime next year for a 2019 release. Just kind of how Xbox just did with the Xbox One X, kind of announced the project and to be able to come up with more details the following year. Yeah, I think it just depends, too, um, how much ground uh, or difference we're going to see in power and in processing speed from the Xbox One X and the PlayStation 4 Pro, uh, especially if, if Xbox does gain some momentum, there's always that uh, hardware announcement to kind of throw the brakes on and build up the hype, just kind of like Xbox did with the uh, Project Scorpio announcement last year on there to be able to let them know, hey, we're working on this. It's it's, it's a foregone conclusion. It is coming, so on and so forth, you know, so because I, I remember way back when and, and I think you guys could comment and state this too, that Sega had this like at the time when the Dreamcast was out, the specter of the PlayStation 2 hanging over it like uh, the Grim Reaper hanging out, you know, waiting for someone to pass out and and to kick the bucket, you know, that uh, a lot of people with all that PlayStation 2 hype back in the day with the whole like, you know, emotion engine and all this other, you know, the, you know, the um, rubber ducky in the bathtub, you know, kind of crap, you know, so. (laughs) And even back when being a Sega fan at the time, I didn't really care for Sony and all their like, you know, highbrow, like, you know, you know, we we're the best in gaming, you know, like the whole uppity kind of attitude they had at the time, which they did, you know, so they kind of went to where PlayStation 2 was so successful that, you know, PlayStation 3 happened and PlayStation 3 was like a very big misstep, just like the Xbox One was a misstep for Microsoft. So as far as when we should expect it, though, my opinion, my hope is that they wait to announce it until 2019, two years from now, and releasing in 2020. Uh, now, I think that will give us enough time between the launch of the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. Um, I'm hoping they do make it backwards compatible on there. Um, as far as it being backwards compatible with the Vita, um, you're going to have to give up that ghost. I'm sorry, but as much as, you know, as far as them having guts of PS Vita and um, PS Vita TV hardware laying around, I seriously doubt that they would... Um, you utilize that um i could maybe foresee if they want to bring out a controller of some sort kind of like the switch but i seriously think they will not go there on there it kind of sucks because i know al i know the reason why you mentioned this is that you use your vita with remote play quite a bit especially after your uh, kids go to bed and that you still game and play some console games on that thing and i know that remote play has gotten so many upgrades 
uh, throughout the years. I need to try it again. I need to check it out and see. Uh, but, you know, for me, I got two PlayStation 4s and I have headphones and I'm not worried about any small children or anything like that. So I'm kind of the wrong person to talk to about this. But some of our listeners are friends like you, Al, or Guru007. I know you guys use the Vita quite a bit in remote play. So I'm hoping that they continue the remote play aspect, even with a PC or maybe even some tablets or, God forbid, a Sony phone or something like that, that they can incorporate some sort of interactivity uh, between the next PlayStation and and some sort of way to play your games on the go and or uh, um, remote play at some sort. So. So those are my P's and Q's on it. What, and as far as what I expect from the next generation consoles, obviously I'm expecting a lot more graphical fidelity. I know with the PCs right now, there's like that free sync where um, NVIDIA kind of runs at a particular hertz that that free sync technology is quite substantial on the PC side. And I would love to see if they incorporate that into uh, the next generation of consoles. On that. I don't know what you guys feel would, what would be the uh, the secret sauce that would make that PlayStation Five or that new Xbox like just the humdinger on that. Um, for me, the, the I I don't know if there's if there's really a secret sauce necessarily. Yeah, I think for me we have to look at, and I think Microsoft has is the has the bigger problem in this in this department is going to be IP. It's going to be new IP. It's going to be uh, engrossing IP. Um, you can have the most powerful console in the world, the Beast, but if you don't have no games to play on it, what good is it? Uh, and I'm not talking about the One X in this in this in for this because the One X is not a new console. I'm talking about the path that Xbox is on with this games as a service. That to me as an old school gamer does is not enticing at all. Um, to me, consoles have to have a purpose. That purpose is to have exclusives. Why do you have exclusives? Because exclusives are designed to take advantage of that particular piece of hardware's abilities that a third party title is not necessarily going to take advantage of. Um, I would throw Horizon Zero Dawn up against just about anything running on any platform with regards to its fidelity, its gameplay, its, you know, just about any gaming aspect. You would be hard-pressed to find something on any platform that approaches it. what would I expect from a new generation system? The one thing that, uh, and as you mentioned, uh, Joe, about Cerny and uh, Sean Layden mentioned this as well, uh, prior to his, depart- to his leaving the company. Uh, uh, was Sean it Sean Layden. or was it? No, it was, it was Andrew House. Guy. Andrew House, okay. Yeah. Sean Murray, rather. Sorry, I got my execs confused. Um, Sony their plan is to still stick with generations. Um, And we have to remember that Sony sells a bunch of other stuff, not as much other stuff as they used to, but they do still sell other stuff. They sell TVs and they're in the movie business. And I think the PS4 Pro was an attempt to, at at a quote unquote reasonable price, 
introduce folks to 4K gaming, even though it's it's checkerboarded, it's still you know it's still de- displaying at 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 a near 4K resolution at a price that's going to get you that's not going to break the bank. And as as um, uh, Cerny said at the PS4 Pro presentation. 4K 60, which is uncom, which is really uncompromised. You're going to be spending a whole lot of money trying to get that. You know, you're looking at a at a 2K plus PC uh, to to knock to really get a lock solid, you know, 4K uncompromised ultra. And when I say uncompromised, I mean everything at ultra, VSync going all that stuff you're you're looking at an awful lot of money and that's out of the reach of the general gamer um so i can appreciate that that approach i also think that when you go with a traditional generation structure you're never going to catch pc so as long as as sony doesn't doesn't get a uh uh you know a bug up their butt and think that they can "Quote unquote," compete with PC on on that in that arena. I think they'll be able to come up with a a console that is priced reasonably, that will have technology in it that will have matured, so that they can get that tech into that box at a reasonable price without the bottlenecks that the CPUs are giving the current these current consoles right now. And present it to the consumer at a price that's not going to make their wallet you know, shed tears. <laughs> you know, they learned that. <laughs> they learned that with the PlayStation Three. I think that's. Uh, uh, and as long as they keep that 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 memory, that remembrance in in the foref- in the in the for- in the forefront, I think they're they're going to be okay. Um, I'm in agreement. I really don't want to see this thing until. 2020. Um, I don't even know if they really need to have a long a a, a year long lead in, like Xbox did. You know, hey, in a year there's going to be this new console coming out. I, I I don't know if they really need to do that, but I would not want to see this thing come out. Any maybe maybe Christmas 2019 maybe. Uh, but I think I'm in agreement that 2020 would be the best place. It would would be uh, the more um, spaced out in between the the PlayStation 4 family and the coming in with PS5. I think PS4 backwards compatibility is a given. Uh, they would be completely crazy if they didn't do that. There would be. There's no reason why they can't do that because they're running on x86 architecture. Uh, so as long as they didn't go, you know, go crazy and come up with a cell two <laughs> chipset or something like that, I don't see a reason why there why there would be an issue with backwards compatibility. And as much as I I like my Vita, I don't think there was there's going to be any kind of um, uh, Vita interaction with the PlayStation Five. Um, 
the I think the Japanese market is keeping that is keeping that going, um, and I think Sony is content to let third party uh, continue that continue that pace. You know, it's still got a, a great attach rate. You know, people buy a lot of games for it. I know I buy I I still buy my fair share of games for it, and I enjoy I enjoy the platform a lot. But it just was not able to catch on because I think Sony made some mistakes uh, because they've been the PSP got bit so hard with piracy. Um, I think they over they overdid it with the proprietary. Um, the proprietary memory and you know a couple other things that they kind of uh, dropped the ball on. So, regrettably, I don't think there's going to be any P- PlayStation Vita centric uh, union between the PS5 and and the Vita. That what they I'm sure they will do is they will move that they will push share play on other portable devices you know like like you mentioned you know other tablets android and you know maybe iphone uh, ios based tablets and uh <clears throat> smartphones and even uh uh tvs probably they probably revisit that uh with the playstation 5 so i i think uh, as long as they stick to the original purpose of a console that purpose of a console is to provide you with video games at a lower cost of entry than you can get on a, on a PC. And the focus should be gaming content that is going to be specifically designed. This comes from the, the first, the, the, why first party is so important. As long as they stick to that, and give you exclusive content that gives you a reason to have it at a price that's acceptable. You know, I think they're going to keep they're going to keep chugging chugging along. And um, right now, uh, you know, they're, they're are they doing things perfectly? No, you know, a lot of people. You know, we still can't change our names, so <laughs> hopefully, we'll you know, they'll, there's going to be a, an option to change your PSN ID. But you know, for me, I I I, I chose smartly <laughs> in the beginning, so uh, you know, uh, it's something. But it is a feature that really should be available on PSN, but it, it's not a. A major deal for me, but it would nice. It would be nice if that was available. But uh, I think as long as they stick to what a console is all about, I think they're going to be in a good spot. So that would be my response to uh, your email, Alberto. And again, thank you for writing in. And we're going to move on to our extra extra news section. So uh, Trader Joe, why don't you tell us what's been shaking in the news feed this week? Uh, things that caught my eye for the podcast. Uh, Redbox has announced that they're going to be officially offering Nintendo Switch titles across some select locations in the U.S. on there. So they're testing it out at uh, in San Antonio, Texas, Portland, Oregon, and also in Seattle, Washington on there. So based on Redbox's official site, some of the games you'll be able to rent include Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, uh, Splatoon 2, uh, the Lego Ninjago movie video game, NBA 2K18, Pocket Tournament Deluxe, and Just Dance 2018. So 
Um, great that Redbox is trying to figure out how to get those cartridges <laughs> in a Redbox CD case. I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to do it as far as uh, for the system to recognize it. And I'm hoping that <laughs> um, the people that like to defraud Redbox, you know, come back with a paper photocopy of a, a disc, uh, do not come out with any sort of way to be able to circumvent and steal games on that. So. They'll put Triscuits in them. <laughs> Ooh, no. <laughs> but it's going to be 3 bucks a night. You could return any of your games to any other Redbox kiosk on there. Um, you know, I use it quite a bit sometimes, especially with a big-budget PS4 or Xbox One game on there. And so it's cool to see that the, the Switch is uh, getting the test rollout from them on there. And, uh, you know... I use their service quite a bit. So, I mean, I rent movies from them quite often. So uh, any hot take, Kevin or Desmond, on this? I'm actually surprised that it hasn't it, – it, it, it isn't going now. I mean – Yeah, me too. To Maybe be perfectly was, frank. I Maybe mean, they didn't think it was worth it because there wasn't that many games, you think? Maybe. Oh. Maybe, but- the system sold so well at launch, and there and there were physical copies of some very popular games. I mean, I don't see why Zelda. That's true. Wouldn't mm-hmm. have been in wouldn't have been in that kiosk. So I, I'm actually kind of surprised it's taken this long. Yeah, and it might be a thing, a technical thing, because of the fact that you know it's not a DVD, it's not a Blu-ray, it's not a disc. So I'm not sure how they are. Um, using because the cartridge is very small, and so I'm kind of curious as far as how the um, system's going to recognize that this disc, this game cartridge is in this uh, plastic case and reading it off properly. And I know they have to take in consideration that people are thieving, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my local GameStop already had used copies of Shadow of War and um, Evil Within 2. And uh, I asked them if they came with the case because I dropped by to see if it was complete. And, of course, they're all disc only. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> um, See, scandalous. They're, they're surmising that, yeah, they probably are Redbox games. And sometimes they do certain techniques to take the little sticker that's in the middle circumference of the circle out, and you could use a blow dryer on it to take it off if need be. And the only reason why I know is that I know some GameStops do not take Redbox games, regardless of if it's a new release or if it's been out for a couple of the years. They refuse because of that uh, sticker in the middle. In fact, I encountered it. I went out of town this last weekend on vacation, so I happened to be out and about doing some errands uh, for my wife and I wound up stopping at a GameStop about 30 miles south of Fresno and uh, they would not take a Redbox game. They refused and I was looking giving them like a kind of a raised eyebrow because of the fact that, you know, I'm no I'm no thief. I might take advantage of a trade deal now again, but I'm no thief. So and I think what's going to happen is the thieves are going to just make uh, places like GameStop or just not take Redbox games, period. I, I can see yeah, that I happening. Agree. I can oh, see that happening. What They're just Nintendo, not going to take the games, period. Yeah, what Nintendo maybe can be able to do or Redbox can do is maybe put a, a certain uh, sticker on the actual game label itself indicating it is from Redbox. Maybe they could do it that way mm-hmm. on that, you know, or, you know, where or you see Or maybe indicating a, a purchase that yeah. it's purchased as opposed to rented. Well, I just think it's interesting that they don't have something like that that says it's from Redbox already. Yeah. 
you know i've always thought that that was something that was kind of weird it's like this is your game you know <laughs> you know put it on there right i know the dvds usually have like a rental copy or something across it so just something that that denotes yeah. that it's from Redbox. like well, yeah but special label maybe yeah yeah it's not just something, something. yeah but, well, good good news here, regardless of, of you Nintendo Switch owners out there. So you'd be able to check out some games without chunking down that 60 bucks. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to be buying Just Dance 2018 or anything like that. But it might be good for your parents out there, too. So, all right. Next news story. Um, the uh, action platformer Cuphead for the Xbox One and PC um, is very successful after uh, two weeks of being out uh, cuphead has sold over a million copies on a million million digital copies on both the xbox one and the pc and so um studio mdhr um pretty much went for it on it since the game was announced and um there was some interviews with the uh small development teams that they've gone in and they went whole hog. They put like a second mortgage on their house. They borrowed money. Uh, they wanted to make it a success and they have re the rewards of getting this game out. And even though I know it's supposed to be hard as all get out, um, they're still reaping the rewards for it. And so got to give them kudos. I purchased the game myself, but I have not had the opportunity to play it as he has my common refrain, but <laughs> Any of you guys interested in Cuphead at all? I am. I will probably be getting it after I uh, after I my one uh, X acquisition. Yeah. Uh, so I can have something to play on it. But um, I think this. I'm I'm happy for them. I mean, those. Uh, I think that those those two. Uh, I can't remember if they're brothers or if they're related or if they're just business of their business partners and friends. But I know the two of them sold their homes in order to fund this game initially. Uh, so I'm happy to hear that their uh, that Cuphead has been a, a big success. It's it's very challenging, so a lot of people are really digging the challenge. So um, I'll be uh, I that is you know the <laughs> the the only exclusive really <laughs> that is uh, piquing my interest, and I think it's cool that it's an indie title. Uh, so I, oh. I, I say bully for them. Congrats on that success. I'm surprised you're not wanting because I know if you do pick it up on the Windows 10 store, I know you love that Windows 10 store, Kevin. But it's I a, really don't. <laughs> it's a it's an Xbox Play Anywhere title. So if you buy it on Windows 10, you should, will be able to play it on your Xbox once it, uh, Xbox One X comes out. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just I'll I'll get it when I get the system. I, I gotcha. <laughs> It is available on Steam, though, so if you want those Steam Achievos versus the um, Xbox uh, trophies, that's also an option, too, as well. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, it, which surprises me. Um, well, it's good for them because they have an opportunity, especially if someone doesn't want to go through the Windows Store like you're disdain for it. I bet there's some PC fans, especially that don't even want to touch the Windows 10 store without any doubt. They just want to go through Steam and that's it. So, Yeah. I mean, I'll just buy it through the console, but uh, I, I it, it actually just it, – I'm, I'm happy that there's more people that are able to, to buy the game. Uh, that way they're able to be successful, but I think it also – it it kind of makes even is 
why not just secure this game for Windows 10 and Xbox and give them the money that give them the money to secure that. So I don't know. That's that's just a thing that I see as the issue with Xbox and their uh, their acquisitions of IP is that they don't really make it exclusive, even when you factor in Windows 10. It's 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 like well I can just I'll just get it on Steam. Is it it? I understand it's it's consumer friendly and all that stuff and all that stuff, but it just kind of does not make does not make business sense to me. But you know I'm not running any multi billion dollar company, so what do I know? All right, next news story that caught my eye. I want to kind of talk about it. Um, there's a game coming out in Japan this week. It hasn't been announced for the U.S. yet, but it's called City Shrouded in Shadow on that. And uh, we talked about this game in the previous Gaming Vessels, but uh, I thought it was interesting that they have more information on the game. This is the game where you basically are in, in Japan and you are trying to get out uh, from under giant monsters fighting in your midst on there. So um, some of the screenshots they unveiled um, this go around uh, last week uh, showing more about the game shows some giant threats from the Ultraman franchise, more precisely Ultraman Taro, Ultraman Belial and Ultraman Zero on there. So I know the Ultraman stuff. I don't know for you, Desmond's probably pretty hot, right? Yes. And you can tell like, that's like niche as hell. So it's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That's well. There, there's other um, series in the game too, including Evangelion, I believe. No, but the... no, 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 no. Not, yeah. not that. This the whole thing is like sounds niche <laughs> as hell. It's like, like the whole game is just running around trying not to get stepped on. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Though. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just... sounds so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw some gameplay from this, and actually it's kind of like almost in the Mass Effect style where you're running into random people on the street, and you're given like four choices in, in, care, in conversation on there, and the responses that you have to select from are like way like uh, – like, it's not like four kind of takes on the same type of answer. It's more like four <laughs> entirely different type of uh, responses on there. So and at the beginning of the game, you get to choose your protagonist's gender, your job. You could be a student salaryman and more initial clothes, hairstyle and more. So has that character creation aspect that might interest you too, Desmond. That's what I mean. That. It just seems so bizarre. And Doesn't it? And if you select the female protagonist, you could actually determine your sexual orientation in the game, too. You could you could decide because there was a heroine built into the game on there, which can only be female. And then you could select for her to be your friend, a very important person, a lover or someone that we don't know very well. So that's another selection that they're giving an option on the game. And so when you are in the game, you're going to meet various people in the city and they're not always going to be friendly on there. Um, you know, you're going to be on the run because of all these giant monsters fighting around you on there. And so, you know, we, it's kind of built into the whole mystery of the game. This, these people you meet on the fly, on the go, because of the fact that you're just running from all this mayhem in the streets on there. It's just so interesting to see the viewpoint of a common man, you know, having to deal with and all these giant monsters fighting around you and having to deal with the after effects of it. So uh, I'm definitely interested. I hope that they do uh, get uh, translated version out in the West uh, for English and uh, Europe and all that. So I'm 
very interested in the game. I don't know about you guys, Kevin. I don't know if this would be up your alley or not. Kind of uh, um, a weird curiosity kind of thing. It's it's definitely curious. I'm definitely curious. Um, usually when if I'm playing a game like this, I want to be the one knocking down the buildings. But, you know, this could be, you know, you know a different perspective. You know, and if they can come in with some intriguing uh either platforming or other game mechanics, uh, I think it could be worth a, worth a look-see. You know, and I, yeah, it would be neat to see if they would just, if this game could come out in the West, uh, you know, digitally or dare I say a, a limited run physical release or something like that. Yeah. The, you know, this developer Granzola that kind of come out of the ashes of Irem, which is an old uh, Japanese developer that did games like our type and, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, other games, arcade games on there. And uh, basically, Disaster Report uh, came out in the U.S. And one and two came out for PlayStation 2. Um, a third Disaster Report was in development, but uh, that's when the Japanese earthquake of 2000 and um, what was it, like 2012, 2013 happened? I'm trying to remember the exact date on there. It was in development for PlayStation 3 at the time, I believe, in Japan. And because of the fact that the game was all about surviving an earthquake, surviving a disaster, and it was supposed to come out right around the time the earthquake happened. They pretty much uh, put that thing in mothballs. They never released that game because of that reason. And so um, this is Grenzilla's new take as far as uh, that series. And they're still working on a Disaster Report sequel proper. But this is like kind of their new kind of way to kind of you know release a game in a similar fashion. But at the same time, <laughs> add that special spice on it. So curious to see we'll kind of keep an eye on it comes out this week in japan so we'll see what happens with that so and and speaking of special spices what a segue people what a segue wwe 2k18 in an announcement will allow players to create a um in their create a wrestler menu um kfc mascot colonel sanders yes i I saw that (laughs) you can make colonel sanders yes so Granted, it's it's in the WWE 2K series, uh, 2K18. That Have you seen the pictures tomorrow. of him? Yes. That's scary as hell, dude. <laughs> like, no. I, I saw that. And then, like, the whole thing about sponsored, um, what was it? Sponsored, um, not reward. Content? Uh, no, no, no. It, it's sponsored like you get. Uh, sponsored trophies. So if you get something, like, it's like, you know, you did uh, you know, uh, a special move. So you got herbs and spices reward or trophy. It's just, it looks so bad. I was just like, oh, really? Really? This, this is what we're doing now? Okay. You know, got to get that money. But damn, really? Just, uh, I, I actually, I don't mind the whole like. Are you serious? You know, Come on. Really? I, I like Colonel Sanders, man. Colonel Sanders is a badass. Yes, what are you, you talking about? I know you were a fried chicken fan, but come on, yo. Come on. Seriously? Like I, I couldn't. I, I just I just can't. I watched it. I, I was watching that and I was like, y'all are just doing too much now with this. Well, I'm not gonna pick up the game, but if, for those of you that are interested in WWE 2K18, you know, that's that 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 special sauce, that special spice no. on there, be able to play as Colonel Sanders on there and uh you know, I think it's fun and funny as all hell. I don't know about you, Kevin. What's what's your opinion? Uh 
I'm curious to know if his his finisher is going to be the five dollar big box. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Five dollar big box. Well, it would be the five dollar big box slam. <laughs> five, five, five. Or he, or what happens? It's like he he, pu- he pulls out like a bucket of chicken, right? And he puts the bucket on your head. <laughs> you know. But oh. you know what? You know what? They he could only do that with non-black opponents. What? Because you know, you know, the minute that that he comes up with a bucket of chicken, and you got you know like uh, 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 Booker T doing a spinneroonie or something <laughs> in a ring full of chicken, that's not gonna go over very well. Oh, I, I'll just, I'll, so <laughs> I can see it now. Like his 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 off the top room, his off the top rope move is called like the spicy wing. You know, <laughs> spicy breast chop. <laughs> just saying I don't know doing some research for this title though WWE 2K series has been like at least in the last couple of, of games coming out from uh, 2K has been buggy as all hell uh, you could probably go on YouTube there's some videos out right now of some of the um, uh, basically just bad animation and like people falling through like cages, um, people getting kicked from like, you know, phantom kick and then feeling the effect from like, you know, like three, four feet away. So there's been a lot of uh, jankiness with the game on there. It's been in uh, WWE 2K17 and it's also carrying on in WWE 2K18. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a former like kind of wrestling geek. I'm like a wrestling diehard. I used to watch a lot of wrestling back in the 90s and now kevin you kind of finally gave it up but you were watching uh um what tna for a while too yeah so mm-hmm. and so you know i'm keeping an eye on uh, fire pro wrestling on the pc because i think that's where it's going to be out for some wrestling goodness i always enjoy me a good wrestling game so so but uh Thought it was funny as all hell. I mean, if they could make hell, just give me a wrestling game with like Ron McDonald, Grimace, The King, mm. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Can you think What's of any King other in one mascots? of these already though? Was the Burger King in one of these already though? Like a long time ago? Uh, yeah, Burger King released three games for, and they were hybrid for the Xbox, Xbox 360. Yeah, and there was like Big Bumpin' and uh, I think Sneak King, Sneak King which yeah, has, mm, mm, mm. and uh, what was the other one? I know Big Bumpin', Sneak King, and uh, the Pocket Bike Racer or something like that. You know, Horrible. so. <laughs> <laughs> Lovable cross promotion from wonderful. We should, fast we should food. never speak about the dark times of gaming again. Hey, hey, I have Kool Aid Man, so uh. <laughs> I can't tell you how many Kool Aid, how come Kool Aid tops I had to send in. Mm. <laughs> I drank a lot of grape that summer. <laughs> oh, this my diabetes was... spiked, but it was worth it. <laughs> if you remember, like Cool Spot and like um, yeah, like the... actually Cool Spot was pretty dope. I like Cool Spot. Uh, I like yeah. I don't know Chester Cheetah kind of sucked balls, but you know. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> but you know, much. there's been all sorts of cross promotion. I think that McDonald's game that came out for Sega Genesis that was developed by Treasure is pretty badass, and it has Ronald and everyone in it too. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Well, what do they think of next? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And other news too, they have announced a um, HD remaster of another Star Ocean game. Star Ocean: The Last Hope is going to get a release in the 1080p 4K remaster for both PlayStation 4 and PC. If you're not familiar with which game in the series this is, this is kind of commonly known as Star Ocean 4. Uh, it's the game that originally came out for Xbox 360 back in 2009. On there, trying to kind of promote Japanese development on that particular console, and then wound up making it out for both PlayStation 3 uh, the following year in 2010 on that the game is a pre-sequel to the first title in the series on there and it kind of has some uh detractors on there but there's some people out there that think the title is very very good so it's good to see that square enix has announced that they're remastering the game on there um no western release has been announced yet it's coming out in japan on november 26th on there so and then also, we talked about earlier in the show, but uh, Tokyo Xanadu EX2 finally has a release date. That's the uh, action RPG uh, from Nihon Falcom. On there, it's going to be released on both PlayStation 4 and also it's PlayStation 4 Pro compatible on December 8, 2017 on there. It's going to provide more playable characters and additional dialogue compared to the PlayStation Vita version that just came out this summer on there. Um, the PC version, uh, as I stated earlier in the show, is going to be announced at a later date as far as the release date for that on there. There's also a pretty awesome collector's edition, but it's retailing for a, a very expensive $149.99, but it does come with a, a figure, a considerable art book, a soundtrack on there. It looks like it's a full CD soundtrack on there, along with a um, collectible cards game deck on there. So. And so hopefully a lot of people have been asking because I guess the translation's been lukewarm on the game. They're asking if the translation will get a do-over, and hopefully that is the case on that. So, And then speaking of translations, the last news story I have to mention is a game that we talked about earlier in the show as well, uh, Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Dina on there. Um, a lot of people have been kind of complaining uh, about the... Um, English translation of that game. There's been a considerable bad translation throughout the game on there. There's like uh, not a lot of consistency and there's some like awkward uh, English text in the game and some things that could have been translated a lot better. I believe there was a chasm in the game that they basically translated into English as a big hole <laughs> area in the game. I want to go to the big hole, you know, so... <laughs> So, but uh, the president of NISA America um, did release a statement and he stated that basically that um, they're deeply apologizing to the fans out there that the um, translation was below their standards, quote unquote, on there, that they're making an attempt. They have hired hired new translators to go in and retranslate the uh, questionable areas of the game, fix grammatical errors, typos, inconsistencies, and also take a fresh look at the dialogue and characterizations on there. And they're going to take time to retranslate and re-edit the game using updating uh, voice work, which is going to take probably a lot of money and time on their part. And they're promising to get this patch out by the end of November on there and free of charge for both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita versions of the game on that. They said the Steam version is going to be include the localization when it finally is released on there. So for any of those of you out and about there, I know, Raphael, you were 
talking to us on Twitter about this game and, and wanting to know whether to buy it or not. And, uh, you know, this translation is going to be done. Hopefully they do it right and do the game. Uh, it's just desserts and because it's a, been highly rated out there. I had played the demo to its completion. I think it's a very good action RPG. I was going to get the chance to, you know, after I get my Destiny cure-all, Destiny 2 cure-all on there to get the game and, and start giving it a go, but uh, I'm going to wait until a new uh, translation is out. Because, you know, what if I'm used to all the awkward text and speech and then I end up getting lost because they retranslate what the words are or what the name of the town is or something like that. So, so but i got to kind of give it up, and then they screwed up, and I asked America screwed up. But I'm grateful that they're kind of uh, taking steps to uh, correct the situation. So... Any thoughts, Kevin or Desmond? I know that I know Kevin. You've been waiting to buy or on the fence on these eight. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm I'm on the fence of it. Uh, not really. I've seen some gameplay of it, and the gameplay looks fantastic. I have no no issue with that. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I'm kind of concerned with is the uh, the base building aspects of the game. Uh, just a handful of let's plays that i've seen uh that part of the game really doesn't look all that fun to me um so check out the demo i I mean the the demo is quite long i mean i think it's an hour and a half almost to two hours if you really want to min max on the demo but the demo is uh, quite substantial you get an idea how the game plays Mm -hmm. on that so any of you out there that may be on the fence or haven't heard of ease before uh demos out there you know check it out and if you're really curious too ease 7 just got a pc release in september and so that's another point of entry and that's a cheaper point entry that's like a 20 buck 25 dollars on steam where you're able to get that game was initially just released for playstation vita back in the day and the pc version never came out in the u.s it only came out in china i believe on there so but they got a pc version of that out and so you know all the ease games you can easily get uh, on steam and uh, the entire series now almost on there i think the only game that's kind of outlier is ease 5 on there every other game in the series is pretty much available uh, for steam and or you know various game platforms so so all right and that's the news this week well, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about game night. <clears throat> Our game nights are Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, typically, we're playing on the PlayStation 4. My PSN ID is Shonuf7, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 7. Des can be found at Nemotigger, N E. N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Uh, Joe can be found at Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. And uh, typically we've been playing Destiny, uh, particularly, <laughs> well, we've been playing Destiny since it's, since it's come out. But, uh, you know, we've got other games in our, in our respective libraries and if you have a title that you'd like to play play with us, please reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, we, if we don't have it, we we can. I'm pretty sure we can acquire it fairly easily, 
And as we consistently say every week, we are a listener-focused podcast. We want to play with you, interact with you, our listeners. You know, that's what it's, that's what uh, gaming is all about. It's just uh, interacting with folks and playing with folks. And uh, we definitely want to do that with our listeners. Yeah, we haven't said in a while, but keep in mind, we are your gaming vessels. Keep that in mind. So Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And we can also be reached, our social medias primarily is Twitter. I am at Shonuff71, S-H-O-N-U-F-F-7-1. Dez is at NemoCub, N-E-M-O-C-U-B. And Trader Joe can be found at Joe Fongul, J-O-E-F-O-N-G-U-L. And that's how you can reach us in the Twitter sphere. And, uh, well... Finally, you can reach us by email, and we want to hear from you by email because that's how you're going to uh, contact us for if you want to be on the show. We like having uh, listeners, our listeners on the show to talk about their you know, gaming preferences, things they've had on the show, they've heard on the show, expressed their point of view. We want our podcast to be a platform for you to get your perspectives out there to uh, your fellow gamers. And you can reach us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. And with that, folks, I think we're going to bring episode 22 to a close. I want to thank you for listening to our pod, to our little podcast for 22 episodes. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> I, I get amazed every time I, I see that um, I look at the outline and see how many shows we've done. It's just been it just seems to have flown so fast. And uh, I'll oh. probably be saying that for a long time. Well, it's not as much <laughs> as our friends at the Gamer Husbands, of course. Episode 500 just got out last week, which both me and Kevin were on the episode. Of course, I'm still on Gamer Husbands. So enjoy my yes. works over there as well. Gamer Husbands Radio on yes. your RSS and uh, favorite podcast aggregator feeds. So, Absolutely. So, folks, we're going to, we want to thank you for listening to our show. I'm Shonuff71. He's Nemo Cub, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror. And that's Trader Joe, the food max of gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar. And we will be back next week with episode 23. Peace. See ya. Adios. All right, good deal. We're out. Great.